In the far future, faster-than-light travel is possible via portals called stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of Stillfleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City. Previously on Float City, the crew is sent to Narcosa to stop the random generation of extra-dimensional fold gates. In the dispatch of their duties, they stabilize a portal to Kakudun, where they are led to believe the company archivist holding up a trade agreement with the Saffron Anox is located. After an emotional goodbye with their gnomish pals, the crew hops through the Escherask and lands on a peaceful beach in the northwest of Kakudun, where they meet the Big Drink Wranglers, a prawnish waitin' subgroup that subsists on a thick red algae called Red Plant, harvested from the sea floor. One wrangler gifts the team a derelict conveyance known as the Ambler, which Mercus spends several days repairing while his team sees the sights. The crew is told their most likely destination is No Laster, a port city with a company embassy in a swamp region called the Jash, about eight to ten hours drive southeast. But the crew soon realizes their journey across the Kakudunai interior will be no Sunday drive. With guarded borders, highly regulated import-export of items, including red plant and raiders. We join the team now, having just dispatched a group of roadside aggressors charting a course more east than south. Okay, yeah, so you hit the road. Yes. You come to uh, you come to the forkish arrangement that you uh, turned down to get to the bone snatch, and this time you go, I believe it would be left, correct? Uh, and you go uh, into uh, the region that is next to the Bone Snatch. Um, on the map, you can see that this is labeled Zenthra. The Bone Snatch itself was pretty barren. Uh, it was pretty dry. It was kind of deserty almost. And as you turn left and you go into Zenthra, um, the trees uh, that were behind you in Malnog start to disappear. Uh, they become um, less dense. Uh, you begin to see uh, like shorter rolling hills, uh, and you actually begin to see houses, um, more houses houses than you've seen in the previous regions and they're very big they're in the distance uh they're like kind of they look like these estates and a lot of the land on these nice rolling hills and in front of these estates kind of looks like it is like landscapes like it's professionally maintained and the roads transition from this loose dirt um to a kind of loose stone and as you go through this landscape you start to see in the distance kind of translucent wall uh, that's um, iridescent. It's got this kind of green-purple sheen to it that you can see through. As you get closer, you can tell that it's made of these little hexes. Uh, it's a little blurry on the other side. It's more of the same like manicured landscape, uh, but 
uh, in the road, uh, there is a small guardhouse uh, made of white stone uh, that is set directly in front of this translucent wall. And uh, as you get closer, someone comes out of it. Um, there's a, a guard in a very nice, uh, like, gray suit, with very wide shoulders, um, and a very boxy jacket. And uh, he's got a clank rifle slung around his torso. He's wearing a, a he's wearing like a tall pillbox hat. And uh, he just stands as you approach, and uh, there is no opening um, in the translucent border. So it seems like you have to stop and talk to this this person. Do you guys do anything before you get there, or do you just approach? Yeah, Remy's still asleep in the front seat. I think he's just he's just chilling. He's not going to wake up until, unless there's, like, something happening. Uh, what time of day is it? I think it's, like, probably late morning, early afternoon. All right. Um, so it's, br- it's bright out. Yeah, okay, so Marcus pulls up to the guardhouse, uh, you know, slows down, and is squinting, because direct sunlight is very harmful, very harmful to the sensitive lizard. Good day, sir. We're on official business with the company. He bends down and he gives you a big smile. He's an older guy. He's got uh, like really sort of like tan leathery skin. Like, you know, he spends all day in the sun uh, out here at the guardhouse. And uh, yeah, he, he grins at you. He says, oh, company people. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, what kind of business are, uh, are you conducting? Well, we've crash landed here, and we are on our way to the embassy in Nolester. Ah, ah, no, la- let me guess. And uh, he sticks his head kind of further inside the ambulier, and he looks at the readout. He says, navigation system brought you through the bone snatch. That was a mistake. Yeah, it happens a lot. Happens a lot. Did you run into any trouble? Uh, no. <laughs> Beta's, Beta's looking at Mercus. Beta is nodding no. while Mercus is shaking her head. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bunch of raiders uh, set up there a couple weeks ago, been causing a lot of trouble for people trying to pass through. But uh, yeah, I mean, not a lot we can do about it. They're just uh, not really worth trying to fight them. We just try to avoid them. So uh, yeah, I understand. It's a good thing you got out of there with your, uh, with your lives, as it were. Nice drawbridge over there. Hmm, that's one way to put it. It's true, it's true. So you, uh... He looks in, and uh, he looks at everyone. Marcus um, gives a big smile. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so you, uh, you kids aren't here for the, uh, the quartering. Sorry? Sir, I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, we just, we've been getting a lot of traffic, uh, for today. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big day here. Um, we have a, like a, a festival. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, most everybody who's coming through today are, are, is here for that. We, uh, you don't know about this? Beta mm-hmm. sticks her head out the window and says a festival what kind of uh festivities well it's actually it's uh it's something we're very famous here uh, uh in uh on, on kakadun for uh in zenthra we have i think what you would call it is maybe uh an oracle um uh we call it the the zainer she uh foretells of your uh, romantic future uh-oh. Beta, Beta starts, like, trembling in her hand. <laughs> and she lifts her hand up and she said, what did you say? Yeah, you uh, you come here with your uh, partner or partners um, or, or by yourself, possible, uh, though, you know, it's a little bit different. And, uh, you know, it uh, tells you what some of your futures might be like. 
a lot of people think it's hokum and you know i like i used to too uh when i was a kid but uh you know i've seen a lot of people come through and uh it makes a big difference to a lot of them they come you know they come all the way from haptik they come all the way from amjay they even come from mossback like all around uh on uh, the day that it's open to the public uh which is today so yeah if you're just passing through there might be a little bit of traffic uh you might uh you might get stuck a little bit but uh yeah as long as you promise not to cause any trouble i'll let you through no but, uh, sir no trouble We'd, we'd just like to go home. Enjoy your stay if you do decide to check it out. It's a lot of fun. They make you do, uh, you got to like pass a couple tests, uh, but uh, people seem to like them. They seem to find them meaningful. Uh, it's like, a, you know, a nice little bit of local culture, but uh, you all, uh, and he like gets serious for a second and he's going to, he's going to roll reason. You kids uh, have a good time in town. And he looks directly at Beta, who he can tell is very excited. And he says, I think you're going to like it. Merc is just a tiny salute. Thank you. And he goes into the little white stone hut. And uh, after a second, part of the wall that's dividing this part of Zenthra from, you know, wherever it is you're headed, kind of just like disappears. It just sort of like vaporizes for a second. And it's very easy for you to drive through. Beta turns to the group and says, okay, was it just me or was that guy totally into me? Remy wakes up with this. (laughs) Marcus pushes forward because they're still within earshot. (laughs) He's uh, standing in the middle of the road and and finally gives a little salute back to Marcus. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, this Uh, sounds like a smashing time. I suppose we should stop and get our fortunes told or whatnot. I would like to say, Beta, don't get your hopes up. Many of these people are nothing more than common charlatans. Yeah, I've had a lot of uh, fortune tellers uh, across my path, and uh, not one has been right about 10% of anything. No thanks. Uh, yeah, I suppose we can uh, avoid the traffic by participating. And Mercus yes. is just looking at the navigation. Oh, <laughs> you should go. If you want to go, you should go. I don't mind waiting. I won't take it too seriously, but I I will. <laughs> oh, no, it's fun. It's a fun. Like any psychic, don't go make big life decisions immediately afterwards. But like, it's a useful thing to think with, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so as you continue down the road through these manicured fields, uh, you see more of these like wild yet obviously cultivated flower beds. It's wild and it's, you know, not like we're not talking like Versailles here. Uh, it's like half manicured and actually is very pretty. After a couple minutes, you enter finally into the first actual town with a center that you've seen i think since you left the uh the sea village the seaside village with the um, big drink wranglers it's small you can see at the end of main street once you get to it the other side of main street very easily uh you can it doesn't even reach to the horizon it's just a few buildings there's a small apothecary a little diner or restaurant Uh, There's a general store that seems also to be a bank. And then there are also three company outposts. There is a worshipful company of still fleeters outpost. There is an Oucher outpost and there is an Orthrax outpost. Uh, So you can do all kinds of shopping and trading. As the gentleman at the guard tower explained, there are also a bunch carts, wagons, buggies stopped in the middle of the street, uh, 
you know, a long line down the road and also just parked on the opposite side of the town. All of these buildings are in one line facing off in one direction. On the other side, there's a bunch of things that are parked off the side of the road. And if you look behind the row of buildings uh, to the plane behind them, there's also a bunch of vehicles that are parked behind them. Uh, and, you know, further off in the distance, there's a mountain range. Uh, this would appear to be a like pretty popular destination today. There are definitely more people here uh, than the number of buildings around would indicate there should be. And uh, yeah, in the distance, at the end of the line of traffic, there's a large group of people. Um, they're all facing in one direction. And it seems like there's a stage uh, with like a lectern on it. Yeah, Mercus finds a parking spot right before they head into town. Do you all pile out? Does everybody go with? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beta takes a bite of the dick leaf so she gets a mustache. Oh, the rocks. The rocks. Oh, that's the rocks. Yeah, she wants to look her best. For <laughs> Mercus is still sporting a mustache also. <laughs> yeah, she sees this and she's already been jealous of Mercus because Mercus is basically living her dream. Uh, so she's like, okay, well, Mercus is going to show up all looking good. What is, she, what is Mercus going to get another girlfriend? Uh, I got to do something. Yeah, your face gets itchy, uh, and some of the mustache that you maybe lost in the battle with the raiders uh, grows back, and it sort of, like, pops back in. And, uh, you know, you've had it now about a day, and you've gotten a little bit more comfortable with it. And I think it's fair to say that the mustache is no longer wearing you. Give yourself a, a two. Uh, a bonus of two for the next 24 hours. Yes. To, to what is it? Oh, to charm. Charm. That's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, what is it? Is it four? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys walk from where you parked at the end of town to the other side where the crowd is. You pass by the apothecary, which is this like nice, mostly empty white stone building. It actually looks a lot like it's like a big version of the guard tower that you saw. Uh, you pass by the restaurant, uh, which is uh, just the word lunch. Uh, written in very large letters on a, a tall, skinny, black building that's just next to the apothecary. And inside it, yeah, it kind of looks like your standard tavern or canteen. It's mostly dark. There are a bunch of people in there hooting and hollering and having a good time. You pass by the general store slash bank. You pass by that and you get to company shipping and receiving. So this is the Worshipful Company of Stillfleeters outpost. This is like a squat dark rectangular building covered in vines. There's just uh, like weird uh, cylinders of metal and what looks like cardboard piled outside of it. They're like these five or six foot tall cylinders with metal caps on them. And if you look inside, you can see all of these metal shelves just full of archaic and bits and bobs and pieces of technology and things coming and going. Uh, there's a female Harajun just hanging out in, in there uh, behind the counter. Next is the Orthrax um, out Outlet, uh, which kind of looks like a place that just sells old random things mm -hmm. and they're all just kind of like almost like a like a bad antique store maybe and it's just all strewn out it looks like this building has vomited antiques onto the street and the sidewalk in front of it uh, and then past that is the Oucher outpost which kind of looks like a greenhouse it's uh, like a clearish dome a long skinny building when you look inside uh, there's just all of these tables uh, that have what looks like mostly food on it I think Marcus wants to go to the, the company outpost because he's thrown his third boot and lost all the bolas. So, like, no weapons whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can head to the company outpost. Yeah. Um, kind of feels like a old mechanics or radio shop. It's very dark. The 
shelves are just full of stuff, pieces of equipment that's very mysterious. Doesn't a lot of it doesn't make any sense to you. Uh, but yeah, there is a an older kind of like gray furred Harajun woman in a blue flight suit uh, that's hanging out behind a, t- uh, a counter that's just piled with stuff. She kind of like peeks out from behind a gap in the things. Hello, looking to buy anything? <laughs> oh, the Harajun talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, ma'am. I was looking for some shoes. <laughs> or are needing to stock up on our way to Novelaster. Hold on, I'm just letting my uh, built-in device translate that for me. Yo, things to cover those those things down there? Your ground He's... touchers? <laughs> he is wearing <laughs> shoes. It's just he uses them in other ways. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I don't know if you want to put them over those or if you want to take those off and put these on, but I think I have just the thing you're looking for. Now, who's that short drink of water behind you? Hello! <laughs> This is the best possible thing. (laughs) Holy shit! Oh my god! I'm sorry, I can't really hang out. uh, I gotta help my friend go do a ritual. Oh, you're gonna go do the ritual with your friends? We don't. It's interesting that out of towners don't usually do that. Oh, really? Well, people have been pretty supportive so far of the idea. Well, I'm not not supportive of it. I just I just think it's interesting. I'm glad you're here. Oh, we're very glad we ran across this place. The trip here was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna definitely. This should be a spin-off show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get you inside so you can look at these shoes. <laughs> That was Oat. And then the woman in the jumpsuit was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Come on inside. Let's look at these shoes. This broke me. Oh, my God. She holds up what looks like a very large 1980s sneaker. That's in a box. She opens the box and says, this is what I meant by inside. Inside the box that I'm holding. (gasps) Mercus's eyes are twinkling. Look at this. Uh, If you squeeze this part, it makes a little squeaking sound. I think I've read about these. Oh, you have? Maybe. Well, it can be all yours. I'll take it. Ah, but for what? Now we there's the rub, as they say. <laughs> what would you like to trade in return? Trade, uh, trade, trade. So the company, since this is a company outpost, they would take Gilder. I think this would cost 100 Gilder. I'll take it. And just starts rummaging through the pockets for various... Ah. Finally, a vacation from the permanent haggle that has become my life in retail. <laughs> Mergus is not a haggler. <laughs> and neither uh, am I. Currently, <laughs> here. You have a single brand new sneaker boot shoe. Uh, it is uh, mostly light gray, uh, but it has fluorescent pink and green accents on the side of it and small wings embroidered on it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, roll Reason. Oh, no. Got a two. What a nice shoe. Yeah, it's a quite a nice shoe. Quite a nice shoe. And he, he fits it on the end of his tail and just like Feels great. waves it around. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Feels, it's just good. Yeah, really fits. I wish it matched what I was wearing already, but I'll take it. <laughs> I think you look great. That's money well spent. Oh, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. By the way, has any uh, other company people stopped by recently? Well, actually, no. I mean, we've rarely seen you, and especially nowadays with the difficulties, the company, I think, is trying to stay away, I think. We're supposed to take sort of a neutral stance. I'm honestly surprised you're here. Difficulties? We were not briefed on any difficulties. Oh, yeah. This place is a powder keg. Oh. 
Do you have any advice for someone who doesn't know what's going on and how, how not to offend any, anyone here in this town? Um, try to stay on the well-marked roads. Be careful at border crossings. Don't lie to the border guards. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, keep your head down. Don't carry obvious weapons. Yeah, I think all the, the hot action is down in the southeast. So if you're not going to go there, you're probably not going to see anything, you know, happen. Well, we're not looking for anything to happen. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for the help and advice. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, friends. It's Shannon, a.k.a. Beta Combat on the podcast. Has this ever happened to you? You're sitting in your room listening to this podcast, Float City, and you're thinking, wow, I love this podcast, but I wish there was more. Well... Friends, guess what? There is more. There's so much more over on our Patreon. I know what you're thinking. What is Patreon? Well, Patreon, (laughs) what is Patreon? (laughs) I'm not going to explain what Patreon is, but by signing up for our Patreon, you get access to so many extra bonus things related to our show. What are those bonus things? Well, you get access to character sheets. You get cut tape. Uh, we have a whole nother podcast where we talk about this show that you're listening to right now, as well as the state of the world and lots of other things. You get access to live streams. We have a discord where we're all chatting and talking about stuff. Ugh, doesn't this sound great? Yes, of course it does. So go on over to Patreon dot com forward slash fun city ventures and support the show won't you and get access to that extra goodies stuff that's patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures goodbye you guys leave the company outpost and do you want to head to the crowd of people mm-hmm. Mercus yeah. is strutting now with a mustache and a new sneaker <laughs> You look fresh as hell. Uh, what is that word? What is it? Um, Flannering your way down <laughs> Main Street, Zenthra. Beta's like trying to catch up with Mercus and walk at a slightly faster speed because her her jealousy towards Mercus is is showing. <laughs> I think Remy is just like admiring the shoe. Yeah, Mercus doesn't shoe. notice. He's just. Very stoked about the, the sneaker. Really, like, everything's coming up, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as you walk down the last part of Main Street, you get closer to the group of people, the large group of people, and you can see that they're standing, not like in an arrangement, but in groups. And it's very clear that this is like one person and a group of their friends or a group of family members or two people and uh, like each of like a group of people for each of them, three people and like a number of people for each of them, that there are these distinct little kind of pods and groupings. And it seems like there's couples or sets of partners or individuals who have shown up with like a crew Um, and everybody's pointing, everybody's looking in one direction uh, at this kind of rickety looking stage almost uh, with some stairs on the side and a little lectern at the front. And just as you get there, a skinny, tall figure with long white beard and a long white hair uh, holding a, a, a long cane comes out 
and he's wearing this pearlescent white dress thing uh, with uh, like a gold braided belt, uh, belt around the torso. Sort of hobbles up the stairs, makes his way slowly towards the lectern, and everybody who was talking to one another kind of hushes. Uh, and then from behind the building that he came out, uh, where he came out, someone else comes out and it's a, a tall manted woman wearing this drapey blue kind of suit thing that's very expertly tailored to her many arms and her like tall, long insect form. And she confidently and very quickly steps towards the edge of the deck. And as he approaches the lectern, he looks out at everyone and he takes a second, waits for everybody to calm down and stop talking and pay attention. And then he raises his cane a little bit and he says, Seekers of the heart. And everybody applauds. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We welcome you to our small yet gifted hamlet for this. The 528th Observance of the Quartering. I am the Sentinel Alabaster Jage of the Amphictonites, your overseer for this quartering, my 27th. I see some new faces in the crowd, so I'm going to explain the proceedings briefly, though they are rather simple and short. Please be aware that these small trials that you will undergo for the next few hours will be nothing compared to the knowledge that you can gain about yourself over the next several days. Those present with a partner or partners will see glimpses of their many, many potential futures together. The unescorted will be availed of various eventualities concerning partnership, though, be forewarned, the mysteries of solitude cause Zaner to deliver often very opaque imagery after the quartering is concluded. Beta nudges Marcus and says, that's us. It is? <laughs> Each participant must complete two trials to demonstrate their fitness for audience with Zaner. The first is the trial of testimonies. Verasir Cerulean... And he gestures at the manted woman who is uh, standing at the edge of the deck. We'll hear testimonies from each participant's clan of no fewer than three and no more than six as to their character. <laughs> Trial of testimonies is as much a judge of the participant's character as it is their ability to keep good, honest company. Please remember, if the Verisir does not advance your cause past the trial of testimonies. It is not a reflection of your worth as a person, only an indication of your need for growth ahead of the Zaner's deep, penetrating stare. We look forward in that eventuality to seeing you at the next quartering. The second is the trial of basis. Each participant will be asked to simply construct the foundation of a single dwelling to their own specification and using provided materials. Their construction will be assessed by myself and the Verisir. And he again gestures to the manted woman in blue. 
Mercus nudges uh, Beta. Wait, wait, does that mean your diorama experience is going to help you here? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) The participants who pass both trials will be led in turn to visit Zayner. From there, we cannot say what occurs, as the experience is unique for each of us. The Varisir will now collect your names and will find each participant and their clan in town when it is their time. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask them. Uh, He stamps his cane on the ground and he raises it again and everybody applauds. And everyone have a most meaningful quartering. And he bows a little bit and starts hobbling back towards the stairs to go down. And uh, yeah, sure enough, the Varisir, this uh, manted woman, is uh, walking very quickly uh, between groups of people. And um, she's uh, looks like she's got a small kind of like gadget in her hand and she's writing down names, uh, writing down something, presumably names. Oh, Beta, you really want to do this? Please, 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 please. <laughs> I've had no leads. Sure, Alger, I love him, but he's given me nothing for like six years. <laughs> Do you I w- really believe in this stuff? I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a, as a scientist, yes. <laughs> yes. Hmm. The manted woman talks to a group of, is talking to the group of people next to you. Um, it is a provincial woman and a provincial man. They're surrounded by a group of uh, 12 people, the uh, Varisir, taking each of their names. Uh, and uh, she asks them uh, where, where they will be found in town uh, when it is their time. Uh, she says that they, you know, she like explains some of the proceedings to them. They talk back and forth a little bit and then she comes over to you. She looks at Mercus. And Beta and says, she's uh, she's talking through her Babel box. So, you know, she speaks uh, Manted Whistle uh, and you hear a kind of mechanical uh, human voice come out of this box that's attached to one of her arms. Oh, no, ma'am. I'm spoken for. <laughs> so low. And she's looking at the rest of you. <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't say solo. I mean... I I said the wrong thing, (laughs) I can see. By the way, Combot has slowly turned uh, and looked at me. I apologize. Goodbye. And Oat walks 30 yards away and stands with his back to the activity. Uh, What is the name of the participant in the quartering? Beta. How many kinsmen have you brought with you for the trial of testimonies? Uh, four. Is everyone in? Four. Where in town will you be? Is everybody we- hungry? Yes, I could go for a spot. Yes, I, uh, I could always eat. Then we shall meet you at the diner. Okay. She types a little thing into the into the box. Uh, okay. Yeah, you guys go to lunch. Yes. So you all um, walk back across town. It, yeah, it looks like a cross between a very old school English tavern. Uh, so the ceilings on the bottom floor are low uh, and there's just like a lot of stuff around. Um, some of the walls are of wood construction and some are stone construction. There's a big fireplace in the back. There are a bunch of rugs just thrown around, uh, but it also kind of has like an old West vibe to it too. Like the bar is very long. Uh, and there are a lot of stools in front of it. You walk through those. Um, what are they called? Um, 
Saloon the doors. Saloon doors. The saloon yeah, doors. the saloon doors. You walk through some saloon doors. You know, there's an old uh, upright piano on one side. There's a bunch of sawdust on the floor. There's a lot of people inside uh, having various drinks, um, eating lunch, hanging out. So you guys can yeah do whatever you want. Uh, Remy sidles up to the bar and asks for uh, a, a menu. Yeah, Mercus sits next to him. Well, we don't have menus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Good, I knew it. Good, good. The way it works is uh, you tell us what you're in the mood for, and we try to get as close as we can. Well, I would love, I would, I would love some raw meat and also the strongest drink you have. Well, that's easy as hell. Uh, <laughs> he bends down. Uh, there's a, there's like a really thick wooden box with a rope handle on the top lid. Lifts it up. It creaks. He reaches down in there. Uh, you hear some things knocking around, and he comes up with a big wedge of um, what is clearly like you know butchered animal flesh uh and he also takes a uh completely spherical uh pod that's sort of covered in like a brown hair like a little coconut and puts it next to it and he but he pushes it down the bar hard enough to where the bottom flattens out so it doesn't roll everywhere uh and then he hands you a metal straw and he says uh all right we're on a pay what you can sliding scale (laughs) this is the best bar i've ever been to I know. I'm killing it. <laughs> so nothing then? The sliding scale is oh, all oh, the you way to the left for you. Oh, you actually wanted money. Oh, I see. I, see. I thought you were. I, I couldn't tell if you are fucking with me. Um, well, yeah, I got, I got a. Yeah, I got a. I give you some it's a gilder. company town, so they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll take Gilder. Yeah, I'll give you. Uh, d- d- how much do you think this is worth? Well, I'm not allowed to say. You've got to tell me. <laughs> all right. Well, look, how about this? I won't pay anything for the food, but I will give you a tip. That'll do. Thought it might. Uh, he pays him, I guess, um, fifteen gilder. I don't. I don't wow! Know much, I don't know fifteen much gilder. <laughs> I quit. Just for you. And he takes the fifteen gilder and walks out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's just a joke I play on people that are passing through. Oh, town. that's your joke. Okay. okay fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen gilder is an appropriate tip amount. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I think that's true. I think that's I can't true. quit. <laughs> are you not allowed to? I could. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like yeah, it seems pretty easy to quit. Oh, I got a good life here. I like working at the bar. Mm-hmm. You mind if I gunch up here? You might want to do that in one of the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, okay, just checking, just checking. Thanks, yeah. thank you, thank you. I'm going to go uh, go no, to the bathroom. That's not me judging you. That's just, you know. No, no, it's, practic- it's practicality. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to eat this and drink this, so keep it warm. <laughs> I, I don't Whatever you do, just don't. Don't make it weird. I'll make sure no one messes with your food, sir. Thank you. And Remy goes to the bathroom and gunches up. Uh, Venus uh, leans in and says, I would also like to order good, sir. Do you have anything but the piquant but succulent taste of the berry of Ayusknoa? I'm not familiar with the berry, but I think I can do succulent and piquant. Well, that will have to do, yeah. Now, is piquant the same thing as picayune? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I got exactly the thing. <laughs> Please tell me what it is. I have to know. All right. He goes into the back for a second, uh, and then he comes back out, and he opens up a gigantic glass jar. It's like one of those like uh, uh, high school football stadium pickle jars where the footballs are as big as burritos. You know the jars I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I do. By the I way, do. quick aside, had a friend one time take a Greyhound bus ride from Birmingham, Alabama to Washington, <laughs> D.C. Mm-hmm. She sits on the she sits on the seat, and the, in the seat next to her 
Butler uh, sits down this this woman who uh, is wearing a backpack. She takes off the backpack, puts the backpack in between her legs. As soon as the bus takes off from the station in Birmingham, she opens her backpack to reveal that there is only one thing in the backpack. <laughs> oh, Can no. you guess what it is? A single large cucumber? A a gigantic jar of circus gauge pickles. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> circus gauge <laughs> of medical pickles. She's about to have the ride. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy for her. <laughs> this is not what you want on a bus though, Jean. No. no not for next like to you. Twenty hours. <laughs> No. Did she? No. Did she eat? Them or did she just? She eat ate every pickle. No. God damn it. Okay. Okay. I take it back. I don't like that now. I love oh, it. All right. God. So. I mean, I'm impressed. <laughs> so uh, he op- he, uh, he opens a jar, uh, reaches in, and takes one of these like uh, like a kind of a burrito shaped and looking thing, uh, and he brings it out, puts it on the counter, and unwraps it. So you see that the outer layer was just sort of this sort of uh, an inedible plant matter. Inside, however, is a bunch of sort of like um, not slimy, but congealed as fair, congealed small black orbs uh and then the smell hits you and it's not bad Venus, have you ever uh, had these before i don't know if i have uh, let me give this a try Venus takes a bite oh, hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on uh, <laughs> i don't know your physiology can you process glutamates i believe i can um well buddy and- i got great news for you <laughs> first bites on the house Venus, Venus takes his first bite his eyes get real big and he goes quite quite good um, and he um, and he slaps down 20 guilder uh, for the blackberry type tamale. Yeah, we got plenty more where that came from. Not much, not many folks around here like them. So, you know, eat your fill. I like everything. I'm used to having all my food grown in a lab. <laughs> <laughs> Vito, citizen of the world. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Remy walks back from the bathroom at this time, watches Venus eat, and he's just, he's very loose. He's feeling loose. Thank God. Gunched up, isn't he? Doing good. He's feeling good? Is that good? This is quite good. You should try it. Yeah, I don't think I, I gotta, I have some meat here. I gotta eat that first. Okay. But and maybe? I, uh, I can't process glutamate, so I think that is a no-go for oat. So as you all are sitting, um, eating your snacks and Remy, you tuck into your uncooked meat and uh, strongest drink in the house, probably like 20, 25 minutes pass. And eventually, uh, and you know, you see uh, in that time, uh, the, um, Verisier come in and like grab other people and leave and come and grab other people and leave. And probably like the third or fourth time she comes in, she walks over directly to your table, uh, and she holds up her little gadget and says, Beta and Kim, follow me. Beta drops a glass. She wasn't holding one, but she picks up one from the bar and drops the glass. Uh, a little robot comes out of the wall and cleans it up because it's the future and you have to have something like that at some point, right? <laughs> I love that little guy. <laughs> if you follow the Verisier, um, she will take you uh, behind the row of buildings that make up Main Street into the plane a little bit. You can actually see where you're headed from a little bit far off. It kind of looks like a gazebo, like a little hut kind of thing, uh, like a cross between um, a, a small chalet that's been chopped in half um, and something that looks like it should be dropped in the middle of a park somewhere, covered in a lot of very pretty flowers and these kind of scary uh, spiny dried vines and um, when you get right in front of it you start to smell tea uh, and snacks 
and it looks like there's food and some drink here if you want it, if anybody is still hungry. Um, and the uh, Varisir uh, takes a seat on one side of this small table that's in the middle of this weird gazebo thing, and uh, she kind of like takes up a takes up that whole she, like really just spreads out and like makes it clear that like that's her side and she gestures at the other side and sure enough there are enough seats uh for all of you and uh yeah do you all sit down okay mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um when you all sit the varicere looks at all of you for a second and uh checks some of her notes and looks up and she says during the trial and this is in manted whistle so uh you know you hear this like clicking whistling sound and then a robotic human voice coming from a box on her arm during the trial of testimonies we ask that the participant not speak is this understood beta and she just uh stares and nods up and down is this everyone's first quartering yes ma'am yes yup are you familiar with the trials as it was explained earlier by the overseer yes as varicere it is my job to judge the truth of statements. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. How do each of you feel about participant beta? Pretty good. You see the mustache? I like that. You won't find a truer heart on this planet. It's true. She has been a vital part of our crew. We've actually never hung out one-on-one. <laughs> Being honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, that's fine. I have. I can vouch for her. Uh, she's, she's a delight. She is the first to ask if anyone is hurt during battle. Kind of her job. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we're good. Do you need more? Is that- <laughs> Should I say more than one thing? I thought I said it all in one sentence, but I could do. I could go on. She looks at her gadget, and she looks up at Venus, and she says, and then she looks at Beta. She looks at Venus again, and she says, I think that would be good. <laughs> more, I guess. Well, Beta <laughs> is um, a true romantic. Um, she pines for... She gets a very... She, like, you can tell her eyes, like, uh, sort of, like, perk up. And she, you know, is interested in whatever you're about to say. Ah, in all the years I've enjoyed, which is many more than those that I have lived, I have never met someone who is so keen and ready to be with one that she loves most. That she can look into the eyes of and understand and hold and love. Mercus fawns at this. Oh, he knows. <laughs> she has studied many stories of ancient civilizations past, of their mating rituals, courting rituals, and uh, I guess what they're called are dates. Doc, she really wants it. I want this for her. <laughs> Here's one thing. She gives everybody a shot. She never assumes that uh, you you suck or something. She always wants to know about you and is always willing to start off on the right foot. That's a good. That's a good quality. That oh. is a good quality. And she also always asks people 
If she were allowed to speak right now, she would ask you what is the oldest thing you remember. True, she's always asking me that, but it was, it's only because I was frozen for a while. She also could speak with the people inside their brains, which could make them go crazy. <laughs> but a dangerous trait that would need to be stamped out at once in the hands of someone who was lesser, who had less noble of a heart. Taps into her machine when you say this. Mergus is looking around like, what are we supposed to do? Are you waiting on us to say like one bad thing to prove <laughs> that we're being honest? Is it a bad thing that we need to say? I can't think of anything bad to say about Beta, and so you'll have to wait there a long time. Uh, Doc, I do have one question for you. Can I gunch up in here? <laughs> <laughs> she taps into her machine. Beta, like, glares at Remy. <laughs> I was a joke. I'm joking. Holy shit. <laughs> I thought, you know, you weren't saying anything. I, no one was saying things. It was getting weird. I, you know, uh, oh, man, man, can't <laughs> this lady cannot get a read on you. <laughs> oh, ma'am, if I may say, we are employed together uh, as a crew, but I will say that over the last time that I spent with Beta, we are now a lot like a family. Hey, families, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. You are co-workers. Yes, that's true. Do you know participant Beta's family? Never met. We do not. No, family's not a... I mean, that's, you know, you're making a lot of assumptions there. Mm. Yeah, she taps into her machine a few, a couple more times, and uh, she lets a few more seconds pass. Uh, if no one says anything else, then she'll say... The trial is concluded as soon as uh, you deem it so. Okay. There are no other testimonials for participant beta. You will be on your way, and we will locate you and let you know. If she has passed this trial. Thank you Many very thanks. much. Don't say anything. <laughs> that went great. <laughs> we walk out of the gazebo thing. <sighs> uh, yeah, you walk back the like, you know, couple couple dozen meters or whatever uh, to get back to the um, main road. Beta, did we do a good job? You guys know. You all did a great job. I was I was touched. It was a beautiful testimony. I don't know what else they could want to know about me. That's a lot about my family. I don't really quite remember. You don't remember your family? I was born so long ago. Yes, I suppose it was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. What should we do? I could always eat. <laughs> Are they going to look for us back in the diner again? or <laughs> We should probably find a place to sleep, though, at some point, right? Should we check out those other outposts? I heard them mention companies that might be of interest to us. I say let's do it. Yeah, you can head you head in that direction um, and you walk towards the greenhouse thing. And as you're walking, you can see uh, the Varisir, um approaching various people. And, uh, you know, she's talking to them and some of them she talks to and they look very sad. And then they walk back towards a buggy and get in it and drive off. Some of uh -huh. them, they perk up a little bit and seem to be very happy. And you sort of see this happen in the, the town square that like, you know, some people are being... Uh, 
cut loose, uh, and some people have told been told that they passed the trial. If you walk into the um, Oucher greenhouse, it kind of looks like, it's weird to say this, like a super future farm stand, Whole Foods. Um, this, uh, you see some thick leaves. Uh, there's a couple here. There's like a thing that kind of looks like a cross between a tomato and a pineapple. <gasps> there is uh, this like strange kind of kohlrabi, but if the stalks were kind of like limp and jangly as opposed to like <laughs> more like celery, if that makes sense. Uh, Marcus wanders to the front and is just kind of like, oh, hello. Is there somebody like at the counter? Oh, sure. Yeah. Is there? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, hey. Um, we're, we're new to this area. What is the specialty of this shop? Uh, I mean, we, uh, we mostly specialize in, um, like, uh, ethically grown vegetables. There's also some handmade gifts in the back. Oh. Uh, You might've heard that we're not like, uh, orthrax, you know, we don't do the, um, the indentured servitude. Uh, that's kind of like our thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's ethically sourced, why would you have indentured servitude? That's what I'm saying all the time. Oh, interesting. Interesting. We're not really familiar with the other company. Like, we shouldn't go over there? Well, I mean, you know, you do whatever you want. Uh, I'm not going to stop you, but, uh, you know, they're uh, not great. Got it. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. What's your favorite item in here? Oh, uh, I'm a a big fan of uh, the jangles. And he points at the weird kohlrabi thing. The jangles? I'll take one. That's that's five gilder. Okay. <laughs> Marcus yeah. pays the five gilder. You have a you have like a weird uh, like octopus like green vegetable. <laughs> After you purchase this, uh, the Verisir uh, is walking by this shop and she looks in and she walks by the door and then turns around and comes back. Um, hold on, I need to need to roll some dice in secret. How do I do that? Oh, Beta uh, Beta on. sees her come by and is le- is like was leaning on a wall and then now is like leaning on a wall like kind of adjusts herself to kind of look sexy up against the wall. She doesn't know if that'll help, but she's trying. <laughs> uh, Mercus wanders back to the group and and explains like, yeah. So I guess the other company uh, uses in- indentured servitude. At least that's what the guy at the counter told me. Uh, the overseer comes in to Oucher. And she approaches Beta directly, and she says, Participant Beta, I have some good news. You have passed the trial testimonies. Just barely. <laughs> Just barely. Thank hey, you for she, looks at the re- she looks at the rest of you. <laughs> Ode, Ode, is okay, getting, what? Ode is giving two big thumbs up. Yeah, Mercury. Which is what I said about the gunch? A pass is a Mercus pass. claps. Yeah, Mercus claps. He says, hush puppy, hush puppy. That's good. <laughs> The the trial of basis will begin in 15 minutes. If you could please just um, be at the meeting area, then that would be great. And then she leaves. You hear that? I'm going to find out my whole future. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 come, come, come now, Beta. What did we say? This is supposed to be for fun, not for deciding your whole future. That doesn't usually and work gonna that way. And I'm going to have fun deciding my future. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> They're gonna what now? Oh, wait a minute. Venus, you can literally see the future. I can, yes. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a complicated process, though, and it doesn't typically work in this sort of uh, way. I, I don't know. More things in heaven and earth than dreamt of in your philosophy, Venus. <sighs> too true, too true. You're pretty really? wise. You're pretty wise. I just made there. that up. Well, it's, it's actually matches my experience perfectly. Oh, well, look at that. See, maybe it can be done. See, there is hope after all, Combat. 
She's not really paying attention to anything anyone's saying. She's kind of like, you could see her like, kind of like looking out, kind of like thinking about what she's going to do for whatever the next thing is. And she goes, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get there early in case I can get my eyes on any of the materials or anything. So I'm like ready to go. Oh, we should go then. Yes, yeah, let's do it. Okay, yeah, so you guys leave uh, the shop that you're in, and uh, the meeting spot in front of the deck is just to the right of this shop, so you go out. All of the participants are standing in front of the deck, but none of their kin are standing by. Everybody's, like, kind of across the road. Uh, and um, the uh, Varaseer gets up on the deck, uh, and she says, Participants, gather, come close. And Amurgis is doing, like, bulby thumbs up, like, you can do this! <laughs> and if any of you follow close by, like, follow Beta, the Varaseer puts her her hand up and she says participants only uh thank you for your interest though you know your support um has been noted she gestures uh to uh like the area where that weird gazebo was that she took everybody to do the trial of testimonies and uh you know in the last um however long it's been like maybe just 30 minutes or so uh it seems like they have put out uh at uh repeating like consistent distances from one another uh these walls of shiny bricks like big shiny metal large bricks uh, and they're built into a wall uh, and there's maybe like 20 of them or so uh, 20 of these walls made of these big bricks and you look around and like sure enough there's maybe 20 participants left uh, or 20 groups of participants and the Varaseer explains that the trial of basis will begin shortly everybody will be taken to the materials provided you are to construct the foundation of a single dwelling to your specifications. There are no wrong answers. Myself and the overseer will assess your construction in your absence and let you know if you may go see Zayner. Is that clear? Yes. Someone someone raises their hand and they're like, wait, but how are we allowed to? And she says, there are no wrong answers. <laughs> Beta, yeah, you, uh, you know, the whole group of you is taken by the Varaseer to, you know, the first group of uh, wall of bricks that's been laid out. And she tells one group to stay there, go to the next group, uh, the next wall, and one group is told to stay there and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, after about the sixth or seventh, uh, she points at you and she says, here you go. Do what you please. It's like a 10 foot tall wall that's made of these very large, very shiny metal bricks uh, that are maybe about the size of, uh, I don't know, about yay big. Uh, and you have been instructed to build the foundation of a single dwelling, whatever that means. What's everybody else going to do while Beta is doing this? Venus would like to watch. I mean, I know we can't be close, but can we watch? You can watch. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, Venus is watching. Yeah, I think um, I think Remy wants to, like, go get a sixer or the equivalent and just sit and watch. <laughs> you can go, you can go back to the bar, sure. <laughs> get, get some carry-out carry beers, some session stuff. Hmm. Yeah. How long is this going to be? Do you know? How long do they? Uh, two hours. Okay. Yeah. I think you can, um, you, she maybe would have explained like, uh, you know, uh, you should be done within two hours, but when you're done, you're done. So if you finish before that, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Mercus wants to go to the other shop to yeah. like, just look around and then he'll come back and watch. Beta, what are you up to? What are you doing? What's your first move here? Okay. Her first move is to pick up a brick and see if she can bend it. It's kind of hard to get one brick. The wall is tall and the bricks are heavy. 
Uh, so just roll combat for me to try to knock a brick off of the wall. Sure. Oh, I got an eight. You very expertly knock exactly one brick off of the like top right corner of the wall, mm-hmm. and you do not disturb any of the rest of the bricks. It makes a very loud thud when it hits the um, the dirt of the plane. Uh, she goes over and she tries to pick it up. Is it very heavy? It's very heavy. You can you can pick it up. Roll a d four. Two. Picking it up takes two grit. Oof. Oh. So she takes it, and um, is there anything nearby? Like, what is in the nearby area that she... Nothing. Nothing. Dirt, some flowers. She puts it by the flowers. Okay. (laughs) Um, Now, she's thinking in her experience, what is, like, the smallest sapient that she knows about? Oh, interesting. Um... Maybe the Fex. You just saw Fex. They're like a meter and a half tall. So they're like the size of a small child. In a certain mode of thinking, uh, the Morgul are small since they're like, you know, floating, skinny, informatic beings. Okay, that doesn't help. She's trying to make maybe <laughs> a house for a tiny, teeny, tiny sapient <laughs> since these things are heavy. Um, okay, she's going to try a different approach, and uh, she's going to, uh, what is she going to do? She is going to... <laughs> Back to the bar. Do you have lighter alcohols, but in multiples? Well, that's funny you should ask, because I can't sell you one of the brown balls again. Okay, is it is it a legal thing? Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, okay, yeah. I, they, I uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They stack exponentially. <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you for looking out for me. What are you looking to feel? Uh, just, uh, just you know, some mild, mild intoxication. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. He uh, he opens a flap underneath the counter, and you you see a flash of uh, shiny metal as he grabs a scoop and he slides it into a thing that sounds like uh, roasted coffee beans, but looks like uh, big pearls, uh, big like pearlescent irregular spheres. Puts it in a sort of thick metal coffee mug shaped thing, brings out a pestle, uh, grinds it into a paste, squirts this sort of grayish liquid into it, mixes up, uh, gives you one. Well, how about that? Cut back to Beta. Um, beta is going to to use find clue to find a clue about how to build something out of these bricks. Sure. Okay. Shannon, mm-hmm. I mean this very earnestly. Mm-hmm. There are no clues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are no wrong answers. There are no wrong answers. Okay. Shannon, mm-hmm. Odell, mm-hmm. what would Beta do? Mm. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so Beta is going to... Um, I'm also not going to charge you for that clue. So like you okay. could, don't, you know. <laughs> so Beta... Beta hasn't also hasn't really eaten all day, um, and because she's been so nervous, uh, so she's gonna take that brick that she has on the floor and just like kind of like lick it. See? <laughs> How does it taste? It's delicious. It's del- It's like yeah, it is a very well made metal. It is totally solid. She takes a bite out of it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, this is like high quality stuff. 
Oh, they should be serving this at lunch. It's really good. <laughs> she's going to go over <laughs> to the pile and she's going <laughs> to start eating it. Okay. <laughs> All right, beta, beta starts gnawing on gnawing on the wall of of huge metal ingots. She's getting like overwhelmed at the idea that she's not really sure how to pass this test, and she really wants to. So she just is like kind of like eating and just like huh, huh. <laughs> nervously eating, <laughs> nervously eating the wall. Um, does it feel good eating the wall? I mean, it's really, as far as metal goes, it's very, very tasty. Mm. I think insofar as Beta would have uh, preferences uh, and opinions about what metal tastes good and what metal does not, this is like, yeah, gourmet stuff. So as she's been eating at the wall, has any extra like fell down any bricks or anything like that? Now they're very heavy. Mm. <laughs> unless you've tried, like unless you push them, they won't fall down. Then she like looks around. She can't really see anyone else and what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can see some people. Uh, they're they're close enough that you can see some folks what have made like an empty, like an empty square. Um, and uh, some people have just uh, worked really hard to push the wall down so that there's like a big scatter of all the bricks around. Um, some people are working very thoughtfully to plot out uh, what is effectively a floor plan, um, you know, with like different rooms in it. There are a couple people that you can see who haven't even figured out how to get one brick off of the wall. Like they're still struggling to get something down because it's so heavy. She's like, okay, I got to actually do something. So she's going to kind of like <laughs> eat her way like through the bottom of the wall till it's like a little less sturdy and then she's going to push it over. Okay. And then all the bricks fall down. <laughs> yeah? Uh yeah, give me a give me a combat. Just roll combat for me. Right. You yeah, you spend you spend a couple minutes like trying to gnaw at some exposed edges um in the wall of metal ingots to try to make it a little even less sturdy. Uh and then yeah, you want to push it over. I rolled a seven. Yeah, whatever you want to happen happens. I want him to just push it over and fall. Yeah, so there's like a there's like a sort of scattered pile of nod upon metal bricks. Uh, on the flowered plain of this town. <laughs> and she's like looking around and she's like, okay, well, this one looks different. And then <laughs> uh, then she's going to take the bricks and she's going to take a bite out of every single one of them. Okay. <laughs> you go brick by brick. Back at the bar. It's called Brother of Pearl. <laughs> Well, I think you're gonna like it. Remy uh, slides a couple gilder over the counter and uh, walks up. Uh, wait, before you go, uh, let me ask you something. And uh, you know, you and your friends got every right in the world to uh, go through the uh, quartering, and of course, you're welcome in here anytime, my friend. Believe you me. But uh, don't see a lot of folks passing through, and don't see a lot of folks passing through with such a sort of carefree attitude. Do you mind if I ask where you're going? Yeah, uh, we, we, we're meeting, uh, we, we have some company business in Nolaster. That's a rough place. I have no idea. Uh, I, oh. if, do you have any exposition to give me? That's cute. That's, that's, that's cute. No, but what, no, seriously though, what should we know? Or should uh, you we know, know anything? Uh, well, kind of a serious ordeal, my friend. Uh, you got briefed on the, uh, the difficulties, right? By the co? Uh, somewhat. I find it hard to believe the Co sent y'all here and didn't tell you what was going on. 
My God, things have gotten pretty bad on spin, I guess. Look, you need to be much more careful the way y'all walk around here. Don't flash around money. Don't be drinking too much in public. You understand? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. Listen, for the- I, I'm, listen, I'm not going to ask you any more questions. I'm just going to give you one piece of advice. I don't know why you're really here. I'm not going to ask you. But if it's got anything to do with the pirates, you're better off turning around and going back to whatever gate got you here. You understand? And that's just friendly advice. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Uh, sure, pal. Yeah, thanks for the uh, thanks for the advice. All right. Beta, you've taken a bite out of every metal brick. And she kind of looks at it. She goes, uh, not my finest work. And then she goes, I'm done. Yeah, you can just leave. <laughs> and she leaves. Uh, they will They will take your exiting uh, of the general area of your uh, your zone to mean that you are done. Uh, and she tries and she goes and meets up with the rest of the group. As you walk in, uh, you see the bartender uh, that gave. Uh, what does this guy look like, Taylor? The bartender? Yeah. Uh, he looks exactly like I do. Okay. <laughs> you see, you see no, Taylor I'm, I'm, Moore. Come on, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I think he's like very, very tall with an extremely narrow face. If he's if he's human, he's been modified in, in some way. Um, but he's like sort of a, almost like a lurch-like figure. Uh, you see this tall, gray-colored man uh, giving what seems like some, like, Delivering some grave information to Remy, who's just standing there with some drinks in his hands. Uh, and uh, Remy, Remy nods and turns around and heads towards the group. Uh, I assume you're all like sitting at a table nearby. Yes. Uh, oh. You guys, you guys, Beta approaches. You haven't seen her in a couple hours. You know that she's been doing some weird trial. Ah, here she is. <laughs> the woman of the evening, a moment <laughs> yeah. day. Ah, how did it go? Well, let's just say I am very full. <laughs> okay, that is not what I would have expected you to yeah, say. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't well, know what it means. Why are you full? Well, I ate the challenge. <laughs> what? I literally you as, as they say as they say on TikTok, she ate that. I ate it. I don't know. You ate all the bricks? I ate a piece of each of them. And I carry each of them with me inside of me, which is that supposed to be profound? Or are you, or are you just hungry? Which I was working at it to be profound, but I didn't quite get what I was doing. But I figured the Verisir probably could figure it out what I was doing. I mean, it's definitely confusing. I like it. Thank you. The Verisir has definitely, definitely got that art school instructor energy who will find deep meaning in anything if she has to. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you guys, I think you can hang out at the, you know, do you want to give me a montage of like the hour or so that you spend in the bar um, before, uh, yeah, like the Verisir, you start seeing her walk up to people and either dismiss them or let them know that they've made it to be able to see Zayner and, you know, they get very happy and she leads them out of the room. You know, like you see that start to happen. Um, you guys just sit there and drink and chat. Yeah, Mercus is trying to toss, I don't know, uh, some shells of something into a glass. <laughs> you play that. Uh, they, Yeah, they have the, um, what is it? The hook and ring game. Oh, that yeah. extremely irritating yeah. bar game. I love that game. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I, I think can't trying- figure this out. <laughs> the secret is you got to spin it when you throw it. You got to give it a little. I have to throw it? And he's just holding it. <laughs> <laughs> 
after a while, yeah, the Verisier comes in uh, and uh, she has the overseer like in tow. He follows behind her. She moves much faster. And uh, she approaches the group of you and she says, Participant combat. Uh, and the overseer comes and uh, catches up and walks next to her and looks at you and says, in all of our years of performing the quartering, we have never once had someone so great consume the material. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good. Frankly, it is brilliant. (laughs) See? If you will join us, we can take you to see the Zayner immediately. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Did you hear that? Did anyone hear that? Yeah, congratulations. You're off to see the wizard. (laughs) The wonderful wizard of Oz. (laughs) I never doubted. I never doubted you. I knew the second, 45 minutes ago when we discovered this ritual, that you were going to be doing great at it. I knew it. Listen, I might find out that. The love of my life is sitting uh, in the town next, and and then I will never see you again because I will have to <laughs> go after them. But hopefully that doesn't happen, and I'll meet you guys back here. Yes, uh, we'll yeah. be waiting for you. That's a Can't wait to hear match, about sure. it. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, the overseer and the verseer have uh, started leaving, so you catch up to them outside, uh, and they take you back to the meeting area where the deck is. And on the other side of it, uh, there's like, you know, a couple trees. And on the other side of those trees, you actually find another kind of bramble that looks something like the strange half gazebo that you sat in for the um, trial of testimonies. Except this, the vines and the flowers are not attached around a structure. Uh, they kind of are the structure. There's like this weird tent made out of dried plants and these colorful flowers um, and uh, the Verisir and the Overseer stand on either side of the entrance of this strange hood that's placed very unceremoniously and they gesture for you to walk in. Uh, do you walk forward? Mm-hmm. So uh, what you see when you get to the edge of this thing is a set of stairs that go down into the ground. You walk down? She goes down. Uh, you can feel the first couple steps are um, made of stone. Uh, and as you walk down, you feel the presence of uh, the Verisir and the Overseer um, walk behind you. Uh, you can hear them uh, stepping and sort of rubbing along the sides of the wall. It gets darker and darker and colder and colder. After a few steps, the floor goes from what feels like semi-finished stone um, to like almost dirt like it's not going to crumble but it feels softer and it's a little bit harder to keep your balance and uh as they uh as you walk down this wide staircase uh you know you go for like maybe 30 seconds uh it's like a bunch of stairs you're going deep underground and after a while the uh, both of the seers stop walking uh and uh the verisir says you may continue down on your lonesome just Keep going straight. Even if you can't see, you will know when to stop. And they like do a little bow and you can see them go back up. You know, there's a a distant pinprick of light um, uh, at the top of the stairs. Uh, Do you keep going down? Beta keeps going down. 
go down and down and down. It gets colder and colder. It gets kind of damp uh, and like a little weirdly humid. And you start to be able to smell more uh, like earth and rock. And it smells almost sort of like a cellar. Like it's uh, very earthy down here. Of course, um, you put your hands on the sides of the wall. You feel like you can feel some roots and you feel the jagged edges of rocks sticking out from where whoever like dug this strange pathway down into the earth who knows how long ago uh, you eventually get to flat ground it's no longer stairs and it's pitch black you cannot see anything you cannot tell if there is wall a foot or an inch away from your face the only way that you know where to go is to feel around after a while you come across um, you see like a little bit further ahead of you the dullest gray light very, very dim, like a wall of slightly reflective gray. You get closer, closer, and it actually does approach you. You can kind of see it. Uh, how far away do you stop from it? Um, I stop like two feet in front of it. Okay. <laughs> you can kind of see yourself a little bit. It's hard. It's hard to see yourself, but like you can kind of see a reflection. Um, it like is a little smoky. It's a little blurry. You stand there for a couple minutes. And then in an instant, it turns perfectly mirrored there's no sound there's no feeling of any kind it just becomes perfectly mirrored and you're looking at like a strange kind of oval uh, there's no border to it uh it just is this reflective surface and it you're looking at yourself beta thinks to herself i look pretty good <la> what does beta look like Oh, you're not gonna do this. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, what does Beta look like? She okay. Let's let's start from the top. No, let's start from the bottom and work up. I sexy. Yes, <laughs> sax riff. Her um, she's a pretty. You know, she she has like a. You know, uh, a foot. She has two feet. <laughs> she's. <laughs> okay okay i'm picturing you talking to the police officer like identifying the suspect she's pretty yeah the dude with two feet and they just pull up a chair and they just yeah okay two she has two thin thin pipes for legs they're like pipe like they're so tiny it almost looks like it shouldn't be able to support the top half. But somehow, at the same time, she looks really sturdy. Um, you know, she hasn't seen a reflection of herself this good in quite a while. You know, she's seen herself in, like, reflections of, of buildings and things like that, but not so quite so clearly. It kind of reminds her of a time when she was younger and... Um, she kind of gets a flashback to a younger memory when she had first joined the company and uh, they she was out on a job on a planet that had very still water that was so still and clear that you could really see your reflection really well. She kind of has a flashback of her like young, young fleeter um, days. Um, but she realizes that she hasn't really aged that much outside of maybe her eyes she has eyes which aren't really eyes <laughs> so much as while she has a bag head you can kind of tell where her eyes are by the energy that's coming out of them 
<laughs> those spots on her head. You could tell that's where her eyes are, even though, again, you can't really see them. It's energy. So she can see a little bit of an age in her eyes. Kind of that energy is kind of like dulled a little bit. She looks down and looks back at her body. She looks pretty good, a little bit bloated. She did eat a lot of metal brooks, a lot of them. <laughs> and uh, you can tell as she kind of unzips her exosuit just like a tiny bit to like kind of like do a like little stomach check like you do uh like you do in the mirror she's like whoa i am bloated kind of zips it back up <laughs> do we need more description i'm not gonna stop you i mean <laughs> she looks at her hands and then looks at her hands reflected back kind of marvels at them thinking about how old she is and yet they still what do they look like does it are they are we talking like duct tape hands yeah Really like shiny metal silver duct tape hands, mm -hmm. but they look good. Like That's tight. Important. Like they look tight. Tight, tightly wound tape. And in, it could be it could could be a shoot the hand model. Yeah, but in even in spots where there's like a little bit of imperfections, it kind of she kind of wears the hell out of the imperfection. Roll your charm. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, I got a five. While you're looking at yourself and thinking about your hands uh, and uh, how much metal you have just consumed, you start to feel this urge to like touch the mirror, you know, touch your hand to your hand. So she does that. As soon as you do it, um, you feel the cold. It's like touching, touching cold glass. Uh, it's hard. Uh, it stops your hand. And then after a second, your fingers kind of like seep into it a little bit. Uh, like it just in that in that section turns uh, slightly liquid um, and you feel this. It's hard to describe. It's kind of like electricity. It's like a little bit of a impulse of some kind, like a kind of excitement or something that goes from your fingers up your arm, up your shoulder uh, and into your brain. And you can feel it going into your brain and um, you feel compelled to think a very specific thought, which is. Beta, what is the oldest thing you remember? <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite. And she remembers um, not so much. It's a, it's, a, it's a short memory. It's not so much that she recognizes the two people as her parents as much as like, uh, she knows it's her parents, not because she has no other memory of them. And she hasn't really thought about them. And um, it's them walking down a street. What does the street look like? The street is uh, kind of like a dirt road. And mm -hmm. on the sides of it are uh, a field. When you're thinking about this, the energy that's moved up your arm and into your brain gets like kind of even more excited uh, when you arrive at this. And when you mentally think like, oh, yeah, I want to think about the oldest thing I know. It's this. Uh, and it's that kind of satisfaction in having found something that you were looking for. It's like, ah, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Like, I don't have to. I can I can move on now. And that's what you feel. You feel compelled towards that emotion, however you would describe it. And then the excitement and that energy moves from your head uh, down your neck and your shoulder out your arm. And you can feel it kind of retreating. Uh, and it goes back into this mirror surface. Uh, and the mirror then 
lets go of your fingers and retreats from them uh, so that the place where you've touched uh, now, uh, there's just dirt. Uh, You're just touching the other side of whatever this surface was is just dirt wall. And the mirror is uh, retreating from your hand and it gathers in the middle of this empty space that's directly in front of you. And uh, it floats in uh, like sort of ever-changing like cuboid kind of thing. It's like, you know, multiple-sided geometric figure is moving towards you uh, from this wall uh, and it kind of stops in front of you. It kind of floats. Totally silent, not making any noise. She puts her hand underneath it. When you put your hand underneath it, it turns into a very strange... 3D representation of the dirt road next to the field with the two people and a blurry figure that is you. And if you move your hand around, you can rotate it. Like you can turn it around. It's kind of like you're holding a, like what we would describe as a 3D model. Uh, And when you move your hand, you can just spin it. And uh, if you move your other hand close to it, you can enlarge it a little bit. You can make it a little bit smaller. Roll reason. Uh, 10 plus uh, 11. You are able to learn one thing about this memory that you maybe otherwise would never have been able to know. What do you learn? Like, what's the question I want to ask or what did I learn? No, you just, there is a, there is a thought that you know is true that pops directly into your brain. What is it? Um, The thought is that, is that, is that she um she knows from this memory she knows that her parents did not like each other the 3d scene turns back into the shape pushes back up against the wall recreates this mirrored surface you can see yourself again very clearly it stays like that for Maybe 10 seconds. Turns dark gray again. It's dark. Nothing's happening anymore. She goes, well, I guess that was it. (laughs) She starts making her way up. You walk back up the stairs. Mm -hmm. It's a long journey. It's a lot of stairs. You knew it was a lot going down. It's even more going up. It's harder going up because there's nothing to look forward to. To shoot the sweat, I don't even know. Like, you know, if you sweat, uh, you sweat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you get to the top and the overseer and the verseer are waiting at the top of the stairs. And they have a very sort of like, they have a serious look on their face. Um, and um, the overseer looks at you and says, we hope you had a meaningful experience. Zayner will visit you two times. How? We cannot say. <gasps> And what you will learn in those visits, we do not know. Wow. Congratulations. You have completed the quartering. Thank you very much. I didn't know I would get the two bonus visits. You can visit your pals. They're probably at the bar. (laughs) Yeah, I go to the bar Mm -hmm. because I figure that's where they live now. You are now leaving Float City. 
Thanks for listening, and if you like the show and want to help us keep making it, head on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. $5 a month gets you access to a whole other show we do called Fun Chatty, gets you access to our rad as heck discord full of very weird, very nice, and smart nerds. It gets you access to music playlists and more. It is a wild deal. You know you wanna. Patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and I play Remy Tester on Float City. You can find me online on Twitter at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitch at the same name, and on Instagram at Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Mercus Imeldar. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randwitches. That's the word sandwiches, but replace the S with an R. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Beta Combat. You can find me on social at Shodell. Hello, this is Nick Garcio, and I play Lux on Fun City and Venus on Float City. You can find me at Nicholas Garcio on Twitter and N Garcio on Instagram. You spell Garcio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. I'm Taylor Moore, and I play all the cool, interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs> My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. Float City is played in a soon-to-be-released system called Still Fleet, which you can find on Twitter and Instagram and Patreon at Still Fleet. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. In futurity, pixel riffs, prophetic seas. That the earth from sleep grave, the sentence deep, shall arise and seek for her maker meek, and the desert wild become a garden mild. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Remy's flute playing is by Jake Fridkiss. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>